like Neil shared, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about worry, but we're also going to be talking about, uh, well, today, worry and anxiety. We're going to be talking about fear and panic. We're going to be talking about depression. Aren't you excited about Like, uh, yeah, that, that's great. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that, that we've talked about just, and I asked for some input from people here at the church, and we just want to say, hey, what, what just seems to be kind of the current climate right now? What, what do people really seem to be struggling with? And regardless of, of what you feel like is going on in, in the world or what's happening lately uh, in our country, just across the aisles, all kinds of demographics and, and places uh, in our nation, people are just more anxious. They're more worried. I mean, we're supposed to be like t- at the top rung, and yet it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are happy. And so over the next week, couple weeks, we're going to talk about worry and fear and depression, how all those things are interconnected, and how the Bible actually does talk about those things. God knew that we were going to struggle with those things, and he gave us tools to be able to fight those internal battles that we have. Now, they're all interconnected. I mean, depression is fed by worry and fear. Fear you know, that's that whole thing where we let our anxiety and our worries start to really overcome us as we think about things that are sometimes rational and sometimes are irrational. But worry, worry is the gateway drug. Like that's, that's where we get started on this train that sometimes take us all, takes us all the way to depression where we just feel like we don't have any hope in our situation and what's going on in our lives. And it's the gateway drug because it really kind of starts off in a rational way. Our worries start off by us thinking, you know what, I, I care about this situation, and I want the best result to happen out of this situation, and so I need to start thinking of, of different scenarios and possible solutions for the things that might, could happen in this scenario. Because naturally, we're risk-averse people, right? Most of us are risk-averse, and we're going to think about different uh, solutions for the problems we may face that we come up. But but when they continue to pile on and pile on and we don't ever get past the just trying to think of solution stage in our life, worry begins to consume our lives. It's the preoccupation with the negative thoughts and the emotions that start to spiral out of control in our lives and create anxiety for us that just gnaws at our inside. In fact, that's, that's where the word worry came from. I don't know if you know this, but maybe you've heard the phrase like a dog worrying a bone. So from the old English, uh, th- as I think I got a, huh? I've never heard of that before. I, that's, that's true. You, you can look, you can Google it right now if you want to. Uh, but it comes from an old English uh, word that meant to strangle. And so the imagery that worry is meant to evoke is like, you know, your throat getting grabbed and, ri- well, not like, not that grisly necessarily, but it's, it's, it's like getting clamped down, closing, closing on the throat, str- strangling uh, that feeling that I'm sure you've had before in your life. It's kind of a, it's, it's an apt imagery. Not, and not that I've ever experienced worry before, uh, because, you know, who, who struggles with worry, right? You just stop. I mean, with worry, I mean, that's what you do, right? You just don't do it anymore. I mean, I've never stayed up all night worrying about anything or anxious about anything. And I know none of you have as well. I know you've never experienced worry in terms of, well, that's just in your mind, right? It only affects you there. It never, never goes really beyond that. And yet you and I know both that it's not just our, our mental and emotional state that worry and anxiety affects us with. It's our, it's our physical state as well. You've stayed up all night. I've stayed up all night before. All of us at some point um, in our life has dealt with worry. And over extended periods of time, 
Not only does it produce huge levels of stress and anxiety in our minds, but it also, also starts to change our brains and our cognitive function and how our bodies react and, and our immunity systems. Uh, here's some facts from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 or older, or about 18% of the population. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only about one-third of those receive treatment. They cost the U.S. more than $42 billion a year, almost one-third of the country's $148 billion total mental health bill, according to the economic burden of anxiety disorders. Generalized anxiety disorder affects about 6.8 million adults, or 3.1% of the U.S. population, Ladies, you're twice as likely to be affected by generalized anxiety disorder as men. Social anxiety disorder affects 15 million of us, about 6.8% of the population. It's equally common among men and women, and it typically begins around the age 13. I, I can't figure out why that is. According to a 2007 survey, 36% of people with social anxiety disorder report experiencing symptoms for 10 or more years before seeking help. So not only do we hold on to our worries and anxiety for a little while, uh, sometimes it, it's one of the main things that we've known in our life experience. And many people with an anxiety disorder also have a co-occurring co disorder or physical illness, which makes their symptoms worse and recovery more difficult. And, and a lot of people don't approach it this way, but you have to, uh, you have to diagnose and you have to take care of both of those things. Now, Here's the thing about worry and anxiety, especially talking about it. I don't want you to be anxious about being anxious, all right? So just, just for a moment right in here, let's just collectively on the count of three, let's just take a deep breath. Can we do that? One, two, three. Kind of let that out. So you, you, you may have come in here into this room carrying something with you that's been a worry, anxiety, maybe for the last 10 years. Maybe it's just something from this week that has happened. Maybe it's been the start of this year. I don't know what it is, but... Just to take a breather from that this morning as we look at what God's word has to say for it. Not, not only are we going to look at what God's word says, sometimes music is a helpful release and a distraction from that as well. And so the songs that we've sung this morning, I hope that you, you're, you enable those things uh, to be true. In fact, there's a, there's a very uh, famous song that's written about worry that many of you probably know. Um, and it, it goes a little something like this. If you know it, you can sing along with it. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note song. for note. Don't worry. Sing it if you know it. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you, you make, make it double. It double. Don't so don't worry. worry. Sing it. You got it. Be happy. Yeah, awesome. You guys did amazing. See, it's, it's that simple. Now that song is going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day, and you're like, oh, man, this, this, is, ter this is terrible. Now I'm going to be whistling, and everybody's going to be like, why are you so happy today? It's just that easy, right? Don't worry. Just be happy. Exchange, exchange your worry and your anxiety and your struggles for happiness. Well, why doesn't that work? It might be because, just a general, you know, observation of our culture, maybe it's because we don't ha have happiness um, contextualized very well. 
Like, like we've, as a culture, you look back through our, our nation and, and over the years, the way that, that we've handled life and the, the way that we've pursued happiness, right, as a, as a nation. And we've kind of done the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. We've done the whole achievement thing where we try to build up as much success as we can, and yet we still haven't really figured out, well, does that really make us happy? And so other generations have come along and said, well, maybe it's, it's meaningfulness. And so doing some things that just make my life feel a little bit meaningful, the jobs that I do or the ways that I uh, use my time during the week, maybe is I just need to seek out more meaning. And, and that's, you know, had some success, but not really gotten us to the place where we're really happy. And so other generations have come along, and, and all this crisscrosses into generations. And we've come along and we said, well, maybe it's our feelings. What we really need to do is, is just pursue our feelings. If we pur- pursue our feelings, then, then maybe we'll, we'll finally feel happy. And, and yet we're to this place where really we're, we're as, uh, more unhappy than, than really we've, we've ever been before and from an anxiety standpoint and a worry standpoint in our country. And w- why is that? How, how can we be so focused on pursuing happiness and, and trying to get rid of all the other things in our lives that don't make us don't make us happy, right? And we're still not satisfied. Well, I, you know, we spend so much time pursuing our own feelings that, especially like with worry and with anxiety, that we don't really think about why we think the way that we do. When, when the reality is most of the reason that we do the things that we do, we pursue achievement and we pursue the things that other people, and we look on Facebook and see how great somebody else's life and why isn't our life like this. Or we pursue our feelings and we don't think about or take stock in why our feelings exist. What we really do is we're just pursuing other people's happiness. We're looking at other people's, uh, you know, achievement and things that they pursue in their life and we think, well, maybe that's the answer because I haven't found the answer that I'm looking for. I mean, I, I cared way too much in high school, right? Not that I do now, but I cared way too much about what people thought about me back then. Anybody else like that? You know, the whole age 13 thing, social anxiety disorder. You know, what I wore, what I said, the friends that I had, how people interacted with me. I cared way too much about people that really didn't care about whether or not I was impressing them, right? People that I was never going to see again or rarely ever, ever see again, yet I was so caught up in, in worrying about what they thought or worrying about how other people would react to, to my pursuit of happiness, right? And that's what so many of us end up doing. We, we get into that trap. Worry is funny like that. It takes the energy away from the very things that we could be doing or should be doing that would remove the anxiety from, from our lives. See, worry, uh, um, worry gets us in a couple different ways. One of the things that worry does is it keeps us from the solution to our problem. Right, because we have anxiety about the thing. Let's say we're in conflict with someone. We know that the, the resolution for that problem is to deal with that conflict, but we worry about it, and we worry about how that's going to go. And so we kind of take a step back like that from that, and we, we want it to just kind of go away on its own. And so we're anxious about it and worry about it and what ends up happening. It gets worse <laughs> until it blows up in our face, right? So worry keeps us from the solution to our problems, or worry just keeps us consumed with coming up for, with solutions for problems that don't even exist. We, we go through scenario of scenario, you know, the risk aversion thing, and, and try to figure out ways, well, what if this happens, and what if this happens, and what if this happens? And it saps the energy of our lives in, in doing the things that really would take our worry away. But there's a different way, a different way that God calls us to fight the battle of worry and anxiety that, that we carry with us. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Philippians chapter 4. And Paul, who's writing to the Philippian church, uh, the church at Philippi, he's no stranger to being in anxiety-producing so, uh, scenarios. This guy suffered multiple near-death experiences. He's currently writing this letter to this church 
from a Roman prison, which is, this is like, that's not a good situation. And here's what Paul writes in this scenario, having experienced these things in, in, in his life. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It would be hard to overstate, I think, the contrast between the Bible's pursuit of joy or calling us to the pursuit of joy in life versus the momentary pursuit of happiness that, that most of us kind of get caught up into and I get caught up into as well. That, that we're called to something completely different, not to be carried away by the winds of our emotions based on the circumstances that happen in our life, but that we get to determine beforehand how we're going to react and how we're going to interact with the things that happen around us. And that's marked by the foundation of joy that we're given through God and the peace of God in our life. And so Paul, when it comes to anxiety and it comes to worry and being anxious about things, any situation in life, he, he repeats the same teaching that Jesus gives us. He says, don't do it. Stop. Get rid of it. Get it, get it out of your life. But he doesn't just stop there and it just doesn't, doesn't just end there. He gives us the tools for that as well. Because this is not just about a testimony of how strong our faith should be in the midst of worry, in the midst of trial, the midst of troubles that we uh, enter into, but it's about the strength of God in us and through us that when we fully trust him and give over every situation in our life to him, not just the ones that we, can, that we can't control, but even the ones that we feel like we can control, that there's a peace that will come as a response to that trust that we, gives, that we give him. And so Paul says this, when it comes to worry, and if there's something like right on your program, here's the worry that I have that I brought in with me this morning. He says the first thing that, that you have to do is you have to pray about that worry. And not just, not just pray about it, but pray with, with thankfulness. With, okay, dear God, thank you for my anxiety and stress. Uh, could you please take them away now? Amen. Right? I mean, is that, like, is that the thankfulness that he's talking about? No, Paul is, Paul is actually sharing with... Which, What's actually a really good t counseling technique is, hey, when you're in the midst of worry and anxiety in your life, let, let's take stock of reality. Let's take stock of the reality of what God has, has blessed us with and the things that you and I are able to be thankful for, uh, that we have gratitude for. That, that maybe this week what you really need to do is make a list of the things that you can be thankful for each day as you get up. Make the list of the things that you can have gratitude for because of what God has done, that it, that it gives us perspective through thankfulness, that when we approach God in prayer about the things that we can't control or feel like we can, but we haven't been controlling very well, that when we give those things over to him in thankfulness, that peace will, will be the result. Paul continues on, and as he's talking about this passage, he says one of the things that, that happens when we pray with thankfulness and we give this over to God in every situation is that it, it enables us to start caring about the right things. See, worry and anxiety, uh, again, take, sap our energy and start getting us to care about all the wrong things in our life. And as Paul is writing, he, he continues on and says in verses 8 and 9, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And what you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
one of our typical defense mechanisms, especially guys. I mean, men, we're, we do, this is what I do anyway. Uh, but guys are, are like this. One of the things that we do to, as far as caring when it comes to worrying anxiety is like, well, if, if that's going to bother me, I'm just going to stop caring about that, right? And so if I don't care about it, then it's not going to bother, bother me anymore. But that, that's not healthy either. That just kind of breeds cynicism in our, in our lives. We get jaded, and, and that's not the right response either. It's about caring about the right things and in the right way. And so maybe this week what you need to do is look at how your worries and how your anxiety uh, and whatever's going on in your life stacks up against this list. When it comes to my worry, is it, is it true? Like, is, is, this, is this a truth in my life? Or is this just a temporary, momentary situation that God can take care of? Is this worry worthy of respect? Is, is this something that I should be spending the time that I'm spending it on? Is it, is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? If, if not, then, then we need to change and shift our perspective to thinking th- about things in the way that God calls us to and the God of peace will be with us. When we start to care about the right things, it allows us to be mindful of the eternal. And understanding that this life, what, what exists here within just the finite confines of, of this life is never going to satisfy us. That the incarnation of Jesus, him coming as fully God and fully man, bridges the gap for us in understanding that we yearn for something that's much more than what can just be found here in this life. That nothing, no situation that we come across is going to satisfy. And understanding that, it's, it's God and it's eternity and, and the proper contextualization of the anxieties that we have can only come through Jesus and the understanding that he has given us in his sacrifice and living out what God called him to. Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote, he said, when you go through a trial, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which you lay your head. That, that they're just things that, answers that we're not going to find within ourselves, so stop going inward. Stop fighting that battle on the inside because God draws us out into allowing him to fight it for us. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 7 say this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That humility comes from us being willing to say, I'm going to let go of this situation and my control over it and understand that you and I don't control what happens around us, but we can give God control of what happens in us as we fight worry. And then the the next thing... um, that this allows us to do is actually live in the present where worry you know kind of keeps us living in the past or in the future constantly thinking about well this is what happened and man I wish I could change what happened but I can't change what happened but if I could then here's all the things that would be different now man you got to get out of the past and worry you know keeps us in the future is like well what if this and what if this and what about this scenario what this you know as much as we make plans and we don't know the future, but we know the one who does. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And so, again, a, a great, uh, you know, this is a little bit more complex than just baby steps, right? But a great counseling technique for our worries and for our anxieties is simply to be mindful. Mindfulness, which just means being present in the moment and living living out what's right directly in front of us. 
Uh, Soren Kierkegaard made the observation that life can only be understood backwards, which a ton of philosophers had, had observed that, but then he adds, but it also must be lived forwards. That, you know, it doesn't matter if your past isn't perfect. What matters is the decision that you and, make and I make right now to give over our situations and our control over to God so that our worry and anxiety don't have power over us anymore. But the peace of God is the thing that defines our existence and our response to our circumstances. So this morning, I, I don't want to just talk about God, how God has equipped us to deal with worry. I also want to want to show you as well that, that worry affects real people. It affects us in real ways and real situations. But the solutions and the tools and the weapons that God gives us to fight us, to fight worry, are real as well. Hi, my name is Christina Cavanaugh. My name is Aaron Cavanaugh. Worry and anxiety have uh, affected my life in a lot of ways. Um, honestly, the, my journey with it started about two years ago. And uh, before then, if you had asked me, you know, if I was worried or anxious, I would have said, you know, of course not. Um, I mean, I'm a bit of an overthinker, and in my head, but not anxious or worried. And, um, well, that, uh, what happened was I started to experience heart palpitations and uh, muscle pain crazy stuff and went to doctor after doctor after doctor and uh, each one of them at the end of the appointment would say you know are you worried and I would be like no I, I don't think so but finally it took until seeing a cardiologist and he was like are you worried and I said no and he said well tell me what's going on in your life and you know he let me go for about five ten minutes and just talk about the stuff that was going on in my life and he was like well that sounds like there's a lot to be anxious about there and uh, that was the first time I really came to, to terms with it and uh, started to notice the effect of it in my life. It started with the physical um, symptoms, but then, you know, I began to also notice the emotional symptoms after, after his appointments. And um, I hadn't realized just how much I did worry about things and how much it was impacting my daily life. Um, I'm sleeping all the time <laughs> um, just because it, it exhausts you uh, both emotionally and physically. crying every day, multiple times a day, and just honestly just getting really pissed off at why. Um, so I knew that something was wrong, and uh, that's basically how it, how it got started and how I feel like I had a decent impact on me. Some of the things that helped uh, were um, just journaling, um, talking to trusted friends, friends that would actually listen and, and understand. Um, there's uh, this quote by Mr. Rogers, who you all know him well, uh, where he talks about, you know, listening is really the, the key to love. Like, it's the that, for me, was something that I definitely saw as, you know, friends would respond in different ways. And, uh, you know, the ones that would just kind of listen and would understand were the most helpful, even if they didn't have, like, the best words or the best advice or whatever. Um, just their listening presence was really helpful. One of the best things that I found that has helped Christina with what she goes through, and she's kind of already touched on this already, is to just be a listening ear for those times where she's worried or she's anxious when she just needs a listening ear to help her process her thoughts and get those out there. Um, and to go on top of that, validation is a little thing that makes a big difference when it comes to helping a person um, kind of get through their own thoughts and their own emotions. Just acknowledging and accepting the way a person thinks and feels 
uh, regardless of whether or not you even agree with it, um, opens the door for them to express themselves more freely and to feel supported and connected. And I think that God gives us that same validation when we come to him with our worries and our stress. There's no rejection there, but acceptance and acknowledgement. Scripture was hands down one of my best, uh, you know, sources of comfort. And um, just a, a place where I can turn to for hope and just for, you know, um, a way to help me get through each day and just kind of focus on what was really important. So another thing I would add is that, you know, there is peace in Christ. There is peace in God. And that worry or that stress or that anxiety doesn't last forever. Um, emotions are temporary. Feelings are temporary. Uh, eventually it will pass and another one will take its place. And it's important for us to find rest in the midst of that. Even um, God on the seventh day rested. And if we fill our lives with everything that just keeps us going and keeps us stressed and anxious, we're never going to have time to rest uh, to take care of ourselves and to take care of the people around us. It was really hard for me because the first thing I thought of when I realized, you know, how much I was worrying and how much I was, you know, being anxious about things was, uh, oh, my goodness, like I must be, you know, this horrible, faithless Christian. And uh, it really hit me hard for a while and made me feel guilty until I kind of came to realize that, like, you know, regardless of, of how this started, the the point was that I was worried and I was anxious and that at the end of it all, no matter where we're at in our journey with Christ, like he wants us to keep coming no matter where we're at. So um, once I kind of figured that out, faith definitely became a source of comfort and a, and a place for me to, um, again, just be able to focus on the most important things. And that is that, you know, God is here for us and is on our side and he's fighting for us. And uh, he wants to help us through these things. And um, I've been really grateful to say that, you know, he's walked with me throughout this entire thing. And uh, honestly, it's even brought me closer to him in a lot of ways because I was so worried that, like, I had to, you know, turn to him more often. You know, it kind of forced me to, to pray more and forced me to, to read more. And uh, actually resulted in more joy. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy who asks somebody who deals with anxiety to do a video about anxiety, right? You know, the, uh, the, the reason that uh, Christina felt like she was in a place to be able to share with that is, is not because she's like this, well, she is an amazing person, but not, not because of this internal like bravery thing where she just kind of made this decision that all of a sudden, no, I'm never going to worry or be anxious, you know, anymore. She would, she would tell you and she would share your story one-on-one that, no, it's, that's still something I deal with, but, but I'm able to be brave and I'm able to be able to fight that battle within because um, I'm working on aligning my perspective with the one that God calls us to. And whether you're dealing with anxiety or worry this morning or, or not, you, you know somebody who is. And you, you and I are called to be able to minister to them and respond in such a way that, that says, oh, just like whatever you're worried about, just get rid you know, like, you know, that's ridiculous. Don't, don't, don't do that. Uh, just, just stop worrying and be happy. Exchange it for that. But, it, but it's a shift in perspective that we're able to share with people because of, uh, because of what God has done for us and what he calls us to, the way that he calls us to think about life and, and approach it. And if you're dealing with worry and anxiety this morning, not, not only do we have people that are willing to like, share their story on video, but they're willing to sit down with you and, and share with you in person as well. 
that if that's something you're struggling with, let us know and let us know how we can help. That maybe you have, um, maybe you have a family member that's that's struggling with worry. I, I know of a, a couple right now that I can send you to who um, could could tell you about the struggles that they've had with with their kids, um, and 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 how they've dealt with anxiety and and them willing to walk alongside of with you to to deal with that. Part of Part of the strength of, of worry and anxiety comes with us keeping it all in. And that's, that's why we're talking about finding the battle within, because we've got to get it out. That, that part of us sharing it and, and us being able to listen to someone who's sharing it is, is what helps to remove the power and the strength of that worry in our lives. Some of this is, um, you know, some of this is nature, Right, that we live in a broken world, and, and some of the results of that is, is chemical imbalance, and our bodies are just not working the way that they should be because of sin and because it's broken the world. And so, like, understand that if, if you need to go to a doctor, if you need to go to a counselor, and, and you need to, for, for a period of time, or maybe an extended period of time that you like, weren't expecting, that you need to take medication or something for your anxiety, like, do that. There, there's God works through that. There's not a stigma that, that comes along with that. And so if you've ever had that experience from a church before, from Christianity before, just, just know, like, we don't carry that with us here. But also know, don't, don't, just, don't just medicate. Deal with the problem as well. See a counselor. Go talk with someone. There, there are a couple uh, counseling uh, centers here in the area. The Barnabas Center is just down the road in Gaskins, off Gaskins, uh, Grapevine Counseling and, and Therapy. They're both Christian counseling organizations. Grapevine is in Mechanicsville, so if you're looking for a place in a different period of time, I mean, we will help you get set up there for, for an appointment. I mean, if, if you're struggling financially, but you know that you need to deal with your worry and anxiety, we will help you out as a church uh, with doing that. See, you and I are, are um, our brain when it comes to cognitive behavioral therapy and when it comes to worry and anxiety, we, we can control the, these responses. It, it takes hard work and effort, and it, it takes us in the same way that our brain has been rewired by our worry and anxiety. It takes that same perspective that God gives us. But, but more so than that, than just us controlling it, is that God has given us the Holy Spirit as Christ followers, that, that we can trust in that, and that we can train ourselves to trust in the Holy Spirit as we pray in thankfulness, as we as we're mindful of the eternity that God has called us to and that we are yearning for, as, as we start to care about the right things and live in, in the present that God calls us to and allowing him to have uh, control, that we can face this life with bravery. Every week at Velocity, um, Jesus, we celebrate the fact that Jesus has established found the foundation on which you and I can face this life. And it's one in which God takes care of both sides of the equation. Where, where there was a penalty for our sin and God took care of that. And we didn't really deserve anything as a result. But God still gave us everything as a result of that. That, that we serve and, and we have the opportunity, have the desire to serve a living God who takes care of everything. If we're willing to give over our situations to him. And it takes effort, and it's hard work, and you can't feel bad if, if you like, all of a sudden today, it's like, oh, I, wanna, I don't want to worry anymore, and then tomorrow, you're still worrying. Like, like that's okay. It's, it's part of the process of trusting God over the course of your life. But it starts with the foundational understanding that Jesus has already taken care of everything on the cross and through his resurrection. 
And that's a free gift that you and I get to enter into. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be perfect with your mental health, whatever it is in your life, that we can respond in faith that God will change our lives, not for this, just this life, but for eternity. So let's pray as we take communion together and as we celebrate that, as we worship God this morning. God, we thank you 